This podcast is sponsored by The Hoopery, the brand dedicated to the fashion, lifestyle, and culture of basketball and its fans. Rooted by fundamentals and life lessons the game teaches us. Their goal is to take what we learn through the game and apply that on and off the court. Their gear sells out fast, so make sure you go follow them on social media at The Hoopery and check out their online store at thehoopery.com. That's www.thehoopery.com. Thehoopery.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach O, joins the show. He drops crazy heat. Let's dive right in with Coach O. So, welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I'm your host, Andre Pirano, here with Coach O. What's up, Coach? How you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Blessed, man. Can't complain. How are you? Man, I, I can't complain, brother. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, I'm still recovering from this uh, torn Achilles, having that surgery. Um, I'm blessed, you know. Sun's, sun's hooping, you know. Um, you know, we're just getting done with our... Uh, our club season over the summer, so now we're winding down back into school and and gonna gear back up and and see see what we're gonna do moving forward with him. So um, I'm I'm happy. How old is he? He's twelve. So um, okay. At the, so okay. at the end, okay. at the end of a couple more years. Yeah. So you know, the end of this month, they end up playing thirteen U. So um, yeah, we're gonna see we're gonna see how that happens and 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 what our journey or his journey takes him. Um, right. So we're right. really happy with that, you know. We just we just um we just bought a uh, Dr. Dish basketball machine, so we're gonna see how that's going. Um, I think it really helped him out this last week. Uh, he he shot the ball really really well. Um, you know he got up about uh, twenty four hundred shots in about five days. So yeah, he's he's training. So I give him that. He is training. That's important. That's definitely important. Yeah, exactly. To be a lockdown shooter, I think you need to get up those reps, but you also got to get it in game game like reps. So, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, we're we're on the right path. I, I'm feeling confident. I'm pretty sure you are too. Yeah, you, you know you know you know the game. You know the business. You know you know what needs to happen. Right. Thank you so much. So, uh, you know, obviously this ain't about me. This is about you. How's your guys' summer going? Summer's been great, man. It's been really, really busy. Um, you know, we had a we had a really solid draft class. You know, a lot of guys went to Vegas, performed exceptional. So I'm excited, man. You know, I'm excited. And you know, a couple of the guys from last year came back home. Um, you know, a couple was traded unexpectedly, but you know that's the nature of the beast. Um, so. You know, and then one of the guys had uh, two perennial all-star join his team. So as far as 
the future for their team is going to be pretty exciting. So, I mean, the future's bright. I mean, I'm excited um, what's to come for, you know, for the guys, you know, that I'm currently uh, – and I'm currently working with, so I'm I'm truly blessed, and I'm I'm excited for them first and foremost. Absolutely, I love that. Um, working with them, you know, all over social media, and, and I see what you're doing. Um, you know, hats off to you. They they look great. Um, I am bummed out. You know, I won't mention the name, but yes, uh, one of our one of your guys did get traded off of my team of the Clippers. I was I was kind of bummed about right. that. Very bummed you and about. I both? Excuse me? You and I both? Yeah, I was very bummed to see him go. Um, you know, I thought he was a, he's got a, a big, bright future ahead of him. Very young. Um, you know, and, and my team needs some young studs, you know. Uh, we've, right. we've never been that great. We've, all, we've, we've made it a few times to the playoffs, but we could never just get over that hump. So, you know, I've been born and raised a Clipper my whole life. So hopefully... Uh, they do well with what they did. Um, I don't know if they will. You know, we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, they're, they're going to be good. I mean, end of the day, you have two talents that uh, that joined that joined a, a situation where you know Doc has really built a culture over there, and and I love the owner. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think he's probably one of the best owners in the league right now, and I think this was year one. Uh, I love his energy. I love his commitment to basketball. And most importantly, man, I love his commitment to community. You know, he went in, pretty much donated money to all the parks and recs in L.A. to refurbish all the gyms and the outdoor courts for kids to play in, like, every single park in the neighborhood. So, you know, I've, I didn't grow up a Clipper fan. I grew up a Laker fan. I became a Clipper fan, obviously, after they picked up Shea. Right. Um, I got I got to support him. And him not being there, I think the owner has sold me on being someone that's committed to not just basketball, but the youth, and not just the youth, you know, the at-risk youth, the neighborhoods that really need, you know, support and help. And, you know, he put a lot of money on the line, man, to, uh, you know, build up the parks to make it a better place for the kids to go. So I totally respect him as a person. Um and then obviously as an owner, and from all the reports from all the guys that play for him, they really love him. So, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I, I'm still going to be a Laker fan, but, you know, there was at one point where you're either Laker or Clipper. I'm both. So um, I just support – I I support people doing the right thing. Absolutely. So, I love that. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, your, your Lakers look good, man. They, hey, picking up Boogie and what they got, they they look tough. I mean, a lot of people are sleeping on them. And here's the thing. I don't want... But I can say it over there. Here's the thing. I'm a Kobe guy. Okay. I'll always be a Kobe guy. I respect LeBron as a man, what he does off the court. I'm not going to throw any shade. It is what it is. Um, Lakers are loaded. They're like... End of the day, they're loaded. Like, I still remember when Kobe was trying to get Chris Paul and Dwight Howard, and that was Knicks. I just feel like the Lakers are loaded. I mean, I want to, you know, let me, let me not say anything towards LBJ. People trying to play like it's just, it's not a a super team. You know, everyone has two superstars. Look, yeah, with 16 and 8, first off in Achilles last year. Yes. He's in better shape. He's in better shape than some. Oh, I know. A lot of people, a lot of people love to have it 16 and 8 healthy. They have it 16 and 8 unhealthy and not being as your fourth option. 
you know, Golden State played that up-tempo game. He wasn't a primary focus. And he's giving you 16 and 8. I'm sure the Lakers are going to get up and down, but they're definitely going to play through him a little bit. I mean, Boogie's a phenomenal talent. I, I just lo- I, I think that, you know, he's a piece that a lot of people are sleeping on. And I think that goes with the whole LeBron territory. Like, let's try to make it seem like he has this huge uphill battle. Lakers have the best roster in NBA today. I don't care what anyone says. The best roster. When Boogie's your fourth or fifth option, you have to be one of the best teams in basketball right now. And then we have a kid like Kuzma who averaged 19 or 20 in his second year, and you're not even talking about him. Like, you're only talking about LeBron, you know, and, um, like, that's crazy to me. And AD, they're loaded, you know. So, you know, I mean, it's going to be exciting, but the Lakers Lakers to me should be the favorite right now. Oh yes, I I would I would truly agree. That's why I don't know what's gonna happen with my uh, with my Clippers, but um, you know, Clippers are special. Clippers are special too. Yeah. You know, I mean, the one position that I think when we're talking about being elite, and I love the improvements Zubac made from year one to year two. You know, I mean, the way the game is played, you need a center that has that can be an enforcer in the middle. But they have that strong dive and that lob threat because that's just where the game is high pick, hard dive. You know, Lakers got Javale McGee playing behind Boogie. Like that's crazy. Like Javale McGee's a really talented player. He's the prototypical NBA center right now. That's why Clint Capella is getting paid so much in Houston. Hard dive. He's that lob threat which opens up the corner threes. If I'm coming off him entering the paint, I have to respect his dive or it's a lob to the rim. You know, Zubac's not doing that. But every, but every piece that they've got, there's definitely some toughness. Defensively, it's going to be a problem. You have, I think, two of the best two-way players in the league and Paul George and Kawhi. Yes. And you have, you have Pat Bev. That, that's what he does. Like, he's a pit bull defensively. I mean, your, your one, two, three is going to be scary. You know, so, and then you bring in Lou Will off the bench still. Um, they're gonna be they're gonna be a problem. They're gonna be a problem. Yeah. But I still think Lakers today is head and shoulders better than everybody in the NBA. I on paper on, on, I think they do. On paper I I think they look that that way. We'll just see if they stay healthy. Um, you know. Other than that, what's amazing about it is you can go to a Clipper game or a Lakers home game versus each other, and you're gonna see five All Stars on the court together, which is really a remarkable. Minimum five all-stars. Because obviously, you know, if Lakers are top two, you're going to have four all-stars from that team. That's what happened in Golden State. You're going to, like, Kuzma is a borderline all-star. He averaged 19. You play on a team that's top two and he's still averaging 19, 20? I mean, nothing against Draymond Green. I love Draymond Green. Draymond Green don't average 19. Like, and he's been a perennial all-star playing on the top team in the West. So you can arguably have three, four all-stars on the Lakers. And Kuzma is, he's a hes a beast. He's definitely a beast. And I love his edge. Being a Flint kid, he brings that toughness that I'm not backing down from no one. I, I've been an underdog my whole life. And he keeps that mentality, although he's playing for one of the top franchises in sports history. He still has that under, underdog mentality. So, I think, I mean, I think that kid, that kid is, 
is definitely all-star caliber, especially in the role he's going to be playing. You know, he's going to be playing off the ball, shooting it, shooting the three, one to three triple game, getting to the middle, hooks. He doesn't have to do much. Not right. too much. Yeah. What, what, what's your uh, What's your take on these players opting out of the uh, uh, the Olympic team? I mean, it's not the Olympics yet, right? Like right. that's what a lot of people they're looking like. Oh, like I've heard some backlash. They're disrespecting their country. I mean, people don't realize, man. These guys play eighty-two NBA games. If they're blessed, that include preseason. If they're blessed, they're going into the playoffs deep. And then, and I respect what. USA is doing by having training camps because at one point it was throw the best talent together and get them together and then go play, you know, against, you know, the international talent that's playing together year round. So I understand the training camp, but we still are, we still have the best league in the world. Of course. So when you, when you get in the third option across the board, and I'm not to disrespect anyone, so say if Kemba Walker is your third option at the point guard, he's still in a beast, right? Like you're getting, you're still getting the third option at every position. So say the main guys aren't there. You're still getting all NBA talent playing for the USA team that wouldn't typically have this opportunity. Um, but I respect the guys that are carrying heavy minutes and want to, you know, prepare for the upcoming season because they want to win. This isn't really the Olympics. The USA will be in the Olympics in 2020. Right. That, that's not going to like We're not... We're going to make the Olympics. Then, if they're opting out of that, then, you know, have the, you know, let's have this conversation then. Right now, guys want to, you know, use offseason to recoup, rebuild, and focus on winning an NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Especially with, you know, right now with so much parity in the NBA, outside of, honestly, I do, I'm going to take this with me. The Lakers are loaded, but there's a lot of parity in the league now. You know, there's... There's a lot of teams that make really good off-season moves. It's, it's going to be a fun year. So a lot of guys are going into this that got invited to the USA team that, man, I can win a championship. Yeah. So, you know, let's work out. Let's save our legs and, you know, let's get it rolling. And then let's see what happens next year. And I guarantee a lot of these guys are opting out this off-season. Next year come the Olympics, they'll be wearing USA across their chest. Right. Okay. Let me I mean, but you have guys, you have guys over waters opted out too, like I have, and young guys. You know, Shea opted out of playing with Canada. Nikhil Alexander Walker opted out of playing with Canada because he, you know, he had a really good off season. And he's trying to go in a, uh, the camp, the Pelicans camp, ready because although he had a really good off season, he's one of their top draft picks. They're guard heavy, so he wants to work out. You know, so they opted out young. They get it. Like, okay, look, this is the Olympics. Canada needs us to probably make the Olympics, but, you know, we have bigger fish to fry right now, you know. So, Shea's not playing with Canada, nor is Nikhil. So, it's not just the USA. You know, there's other countries with high-level NBA players that's opting out as well. Right, right. Now, do you think that has the whole um, media um, playing into this? Like, for instance, before everybody knew where, you know, um, Kawhi was going and and what was going on um same thing with Chris Paul and this and that you know it, in all realities they keep telling you and and giving you these stories of of where people are going but in all reality they don't know anything they don't know where they're going um, Look, man there's there's a few guys and I don't know how the hell they get their intel you know my comedy. man Rashard 
My man Rashard Phillips does a really good job. Marcus Brad does a really good job. But at the end of the day, if you and I just do shit to the to the board, something's gonna stick at some point. And then we say, hey, we're the first one to say it. End of the day, that's what a lot of guys are doing. You know, uh, uh, sports media is no different than news media. The whole objective, you know, is to have information that people are going to bite, swallow, uh, eat, digest. And even if it's not true, it's about selling. It's about selling subscriptions, about selling publications. It's about getting views. It's about getting likes. It's about getting retweets. I mean, and even though... I may have an inclination, I may be making an educated guess, or I may be, or I just want controversy. And I may throw out something that may cause some controversy. That's the whole objective. You know, like, if I was to sit back and analyze every single NBA team and say, hey, the Lakers need this, New York need this, based on this, basis, I can throw some stuff that may stick. Oh, well, they may draft this position. They may trade for this. They may trade for that. And uh, most times I may be wrong, but when I hit that one time, I'm going to retweet it like crazy. Like, hey, I was the first one to say it. So um, for me, we have to look at it and keep it where it's at. End of the day, everything in life, anything, when it comes to sports, when it comes to the news, when it comes to acting, when it comes to music, when it comes to – it's fucking entertainment. That's all it is. Right. It's entertainment. And, and the media – and, and certain stations and certain media outlets, they, sound like they want to drive. Yeah, they and they also want to drive home a certain perception. So they're going to put whatever it is behind that perception. So, man, I take it for what it is. You know, like it's it's. I learned this phrase a long time ago. I don't count my chickens until they hatch. You know, I'm not going to cash a check. I'm never going to cash a blank check. You know, like it has to be signed and numbers have to be behind it. So you can tell me, like I can have a client be like, yeah, man, I'm gonna train with you, bam. Three, four times a week, two thousand. Okay, I'm not gonna cash that. I write the check, you know. But and that's what it is. A lot of guys are like, like banking on what people are saying, and they living off that. Like at the end of the day, it's blank checks until the dots are signed, until it actually happens. It's a blank check, you know. Until that egg is hatched, we don't know. We don't know what the hell's gonna happen. So. And end of the day, I mean, what they say and what they do don't affect my pocketbook, so I don't stress it. Right. Oh, man, I love that. You could drop the mic on that one. But we ain't going to drop the mic. We're going to keep going. I love that. You know, um, you know, you, you being a, a trainer and all with these guys in the NBA or guys coming out of college and this and that, do you, do you feel sometimes that you have more intel than the actual media does? You know what, man? I always try to stay neutral. You know, this game is real. At the end of the day, how can I how can I say this best I can? I guess finicky is, I mean, lack of a better term, even with the players. Right. They have so much pressure. When they come to me, I need to be a safety net. Right? Like, I'm not questioning, yo, what's your move? Yo, what are you looking at? Yo, like, I'm sure, like, based on the relationship I've built, like, I knew some stuff that was going to happen before it happened. I probably could have made a couple dollars by tweeting in December, yo, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, just based on intel from my players. But the reason it's gotten to that level is because I don't ask questions, nor do I break their trust, right? I see tweets between players, yeah, man, I'm coming to play with you. Like, I'm coming to, quote-unquote, teammate. 
And I'm like, like big heavy hitters. Like I know a couple trades and a couple opt-outs and a couple signs that was going to happen way in December based on the conversation player A with team B is having with player C from team D that wants to come play with player A on team B. Like, damn, he's really coming? Oh, yeah, look at this. So, but, you know, I guess those that information is divulged to me because I'm not a groupie. You know, I, I live on not being a groupie, and I'm not saying that in a negative manner, but these NBA guys know, like, a lot of guys are in their circle because they want to be in the club with them. They want to be in the limelight. Man, don't get me wrong. Do I want my just do for training? Yes, because it's all about brand building. Like, players want to build their brand. Well, if I'm training you, I'd like for you to say, hey, I train with Olin. It doesn't happen all the time because I'm building my brand. But outside of that, I'm not a groupie. Like, I'm earning my keep. I'm in a jab. I ha- I'm in a gym. I have sweat equity with you. A lot of guys want to, like, get intel. They want to hang out. They want to be in the club. They want to party. And next thing you know, they're getting information and they're divulging it to everybody else. And so, that you know, their trust factor's lost. I basically shut my mouth. I train, stay in the gym. And, you know, if you tell me something, I'm going to keep it between you and I. So, um, do I know more? I wouldn't say I know more because I actually don't ask questions. I know more when someone divulges information. And that happens with a few guys. But for the most part, I wouldn't say all the guys tell me what's going on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Now with now with um the same type of thing with AAU, you know, there's a lot of hype. Um, there's a lot of pressure in kids nowadays. Like for instance, and I, and I don't buy into it, but this is what I hear a lot. Oh, hey man, your son's going to the seventh grade. He's going to be in thirteen U. You know, this is this is the season. This is the year where where um he's got to perform at a high level and pick and choose where he's going to play high school basketball. And I'm like, wow, man, really like people talking about the gauntlet levels and and playing the the open divisions and this and that and and to me i i feel like that's kind of like a lot of bs because in all reality if you can ball you can ball right you gotta know the game fundamentally gotta be able to shoot gotta be able to at least handle the rock you know play some d but that doesn't mean it has to start at the seventh grade at 13 at least i don't feel that um just because you may play on a mediocre team and you're not playing for a a a James Harden team or a Damian Lillard's team or an um an uh, a Compton Magic's team like somebody really big that doesn't mean you're not going to get recruited um you know you just got to produce and a lot of the times i feel that let's say my son was training with you Olin and if, if you feel that this is a kid that is a right fit for a certain organization or a certain school, I'm sure that also those trainers or coaches can reach out to certain organizations and try to help a kid um, get in. Am I right? Or is it a lot of unnecessary hype with this whole AAU and having to play at these top tier um, events, whether they're held in Orlando, Oregon, Vegas, um, Washington, New York, Dallas? Am I right or am I wrong? Ah, man, I'm on the fence. Here's the thing. Olin is known as an anti-AAU guy, right? Like, I am known for that. Like, I'm known throughout the circles. I don't like AAU. I don't like AAU simply because I think kids overplay. Do they need to play? Yes, they need to play. Um, I like to play in environments when you're 8 to 14, environments where you can grow and it's not about winning. Right. And we we want you to learn how to win, but you need to be able to grow. The problem with today's games is like 
kids are constantly under the gun being told how to play, how to do this, how to do that. It's either training, organized practice or games. There's no go to the park, play against older guys, get your ass beat, and learn how to play the game. It's like you're being told, and not everyone's telling you, and not everyone is telling you how to play. Knows what they're talking about. Like, there's no prerequisite to being a basketball coach anymore.